need for a sermon, right? You guys know what Christmas is all about. Again, we're gathered here tonight to celebrate the birth of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. A beautiful piece of scripture here in Luke chapter 2, which we just read and our friend Charlie Brown read to us on the video. In less than two minutes, he tells us what Christmas is all about. We hear the story which we learn about the shepherds, the angel of the Lord, the Savior's birth, the manger in which he was born, and the heavenly host. We're told the actual meaning of Christmas, again, is not found in the gifts we receive or the charitable contributions we make, but rather in the person who the holiday is truly about, the Christ child, the Christ child. The whole reason we are saved by the grace of God, that Christ was born into this world as a baby, right? To die for our sins. The stupidity that we do as human beings, the mistakes we make, God had a plan from the very beginning to redeem us all from our sins and transgressions. As we worship tonight, we get to be glad and have celebration at the birth of the Messiah. And I hope by the end of this service, if you didn't already know what Christmas was all about, you'll know tonight. In our first couple of verses in Luke chapter 1, verse 31 to 32, it tells us that the birth of Christ was foretold, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high. Again, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and informed her that she would be the mother of the Christ child. Now I want you to think about this. Mary was a young woman, right? 14 years old, somewhere around that age range. I want you to think about your own life when you were 14. Do we have any 14, 15-year-olds here tonight? No? Nobody? All right, we got a few. So just imagine an angel of the Lord coming to you and saying you will be with child, right? How scared would you be? I know I would be. I wouldn't be in the place to raise the Savior of the world. I mean, I certainly didn't know how to change a diaper when I was 14 years old. But here I am. God has chosen me, right? That's what young Mary was going through. And could you imagine Joseph? He's engaged to this woman that now she's with child, and that's impossible, right? What would be the thoughts that go through your head, but an angel goes to him as well? And even prior to these moments, John the Baptist the crazy John the Baptist, the one who eats bugs and wild honey and all this and, and has clothing made out of camel's hair, kind of a smelly dude, is proclaiming that there will be a Messiah to the world that would save the world from its sin, right? That would rebuild that relationship that human beings have with God in heaven. Jesus' birth was foretold, my friends. And you go all the way back to the book of Isaiah where 
the prophets pointed to Jesus as the coming Messiah of the world. This isn't made up, friends, right? We have testimony of Jesus and his birth being foretold for thousands of years. All the Old Testament writings from Genesis to Malachi point to Jesus as the Messiah, that he would be born of a virgin in the town of Bethlehem. That he would be the one that would deliver the world from despair and sin. That he would be the one to provide hope. Hope. What is hope? There's been a lot of people in recent years, especially with COVID, not to rain on that parade. But we have lost hope as a society. But Jesus is the only one that can provide hope for all of us this evening. Hope to the world, right? Jesus is our hope. In Matthew 5:17, Christ informs us, friends, that he would fulfill all the law by his life and his resurrection. So again, I want you to think about young Mary. Young Mary, at 14, 15 years old, was told you would bear a son that would save the world, and that son would die on a cross. Mary knew what Jesus would do. That he would submit to the will of the Father because of us, because of our sins. Mary knew. Jesus said again in in verse 17, Don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the law of the prophets. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. So we know that God is a righteous God, a fair judge. And that what is the punishment of sin? Death, right? And Jesus came to redeem that sin. To save us from that sin. And so here we are in in Matthew 5.17 where he tells us he came to fulfill all the law. So that we can have hope this Christmas season and every every day of the year. 365 days a year. We can have hope that Jesus has redeemed us. In the birth of the Christ child, the world will be provided a clear connection Again, a bridge between our world and our holy God once more. And Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. Jesus paves the way, friends. He gives us the way. He gives us the uh, description of what it takes to have eternal life with him in heaven. Right? And that is through the baby Jesus that would grow up and die for us and be resurrected. Second point this evening for you is that the birth of Jesus was not only foretold, but it was witnessed by the masses. So historical evidence can point to this time in history where the Messiah was born in a manger. As we read through Luke chapter 2, we learn about the day in which the wise men and the shepherds were present and witnesses Jesus' birth firsthand. 
We see in the narrative of Jesus that he is brought into the temple and presented in a manner that was customary at the time. So at that time, when you gave birth to a child, the first thing you did was you brought him to the equivalent of the church, right? To be witnessed by the masses that this birth happened. The sign and seal of the Lord. So baby Jesus would have been brought into the temple and witnessed by the masses. And when Jesus was brought forth, one of the senior men once again testified as to who Jesus was. The one whom God had selected to save the world. His son and him made in the flesh. That very complicated relationship of the Trinity, right? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now that would take a lot of time this evening to go through that relationship, but God became flesh. John chapter 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if you are looking for a, a book of the Bible because you don't understand, what is this, this Jesus figure? Like, what exactly... Who exactly was he? Go to John and start reading. Go to John and start reading. And a brief witness to Jesus as a young kid is heard as a story progresses along. But the most remarkable aspect of this story is that Jesus' birth in a manger or a barn was observed by the people of significance Because God guided guided them there that way through a simple star. Instead of following the king's orders and bringing baby Jesus to be killed, they chose to bless young Mary and Joseph with great gifts to raise the child so that he may become the true light of Christmas for all people. Because his birth Change the world, my friends. And it's necessary for us to consider why this birth of the Christ child is so significant today. I mean, it happened 2,000 years ago. What does it matter for me in 2022, soon to be? 2022. Some of you guys have lived a longer life than I, and you might wonder, well, what, what is this Jesus figure? What does it matter for me today? Why, why does it matter? And again, I've already kind of highlighted this. The reason it matters is because without Jesus, we really have the inability to love. We have the inability to have hope, my friends, in the world that is falling apart. The chaos that you turn on on the news, right? The violence of Baltimore City, right? It's every day something horrific happens 300 deaths or more two miles away from here in a year where is the hope the hope is in jesus our only hope and our generosity is from jesus we love each other we are a family at this church we take care of each other When someone gets sick, the whole church surrounds them in love and generosity and care. We we pray for each other, right? 
That is what it is on the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven. We bring God's hope and peace and love to this earth. And ultimately, our time of joy tonight, again, wouldn't be possible without the sacrifice of Christ. His choice to die for us. So we all know Jesus was around 33 years old when he died, depending on what view you take. But I could not imagine being told as a young man, you must die on a cross and saying, you know what? God, whatever your will, not mine. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus said, not my will, but yours, God. And that's what all of us have to do this evening. It may not be to the extent of dying on a cross. It may be. But it is surrendering our desires for God's. Ultimately, we have the opportunity to rejoice what God accomplished all those many years, 2,000 years ago, by becoming a human being. God sent His Son, Jesus, to live a life similar to ours. He had all the trials and temptations. I mean, for goodness sakes, he went into a desert and was tempted by Satan himself. But he did the will of his Father. He was born like we were. Now I asked my uh, 815 service a couple Sundays ago, how many folks were born in a barn? Do we have any, anybody tonight born in a barn? Now, we're, we're in the city of Baltimore, right? Nobody did that. My grandfather was born in a shack in Louisiana, Missouri. A shack delivered by his grandpa. A shack. He had a familiarity with baby Jesus. So I want you to think, before hospitals, we were born in places like that. But Jesus was born in that manger, that stinky, smelly manger. So he could die for us. And when Christ was born all those years ago, again, the fundamental nature in that relationship between God and human beings was altered. See, our God, the true God of the universe, is not a mean kid with a magnifying glass over an ant pile, right? He is not a mean, vengeful God. He's a God of love and mercy and grace. That's why he sent Jesus, my friends. It doesn't matter how messed up or sinful you think you are. It's not too much for Jesus. I was having a conversation with someone here in Dundalk without giving names or locations. And uh, I was delivering a sermon and I said, I quoted Pastor Ray Sheck that preached here months ago. I said, I'm the most sinful person in this room. And they all looked at me and they said, I highly doubt it. My sins are bigger than yours. God will never forgive me. And in that moment, we talked about the power of Jesus and his forgiveness by his blood and his choice, not by what we do. So we all know this classic scene from Charlie Brown where he drops this blanket because why? Who can tell me? What's the blanket represent? Security, right? 
Security. And so his security is no longer that blanket. It's Jesus. Right? Luke 2.10 tells us this. Don't be afraid. Look, I have excellent, joyful news to share with you. News that will benefit everyone. Friends, don't be afraid. Don't have fear. Anybody still got their baby blanket? I actually do. I have my baby blanket. Right? Do I have fears? Yes. Do I have anxiety? Yes. It's easy to say in church, don't have fear and anxiety, and then get out in the real world, and you face real problems, and you're like, Lord, why? Right? But God forgives us. God is with us, but I'm telling you, friends, don't have fear. Don't have fear. God is with us. God is our hope. Jesus is our hope. And I pray this evening that not only do we recognize the true reason for the season, that sounds so cliche, everyone says it, but why we have hope this Christmas season. Hope. I want you to leave this room tonight having hope in Jesus Christ. Hope that he was born in this manger 2,000 years ago. Hope that when he died for you, that no amount of sin can be not forgiven. Hope that when he rose from the dead, he fulfilled the prophecies. Right? That he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when you go before Jesus one day, when you die, and you go over all the sins you've ever committed, guess what? Jesus takes it on him. That's our hope. Amen. Lord, I pray for each person in this room, each family represented, members of this church, non-members, people I've never met before, God, that they have hope that in the midst of the craziness of 2022 and the rest of 2021, God, that you are our only hope and you're the only hope that we need. God, be with us. And I pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.